0: Hey guys, this is uh, Bill Bennett, and I could actually just punch myself right now. I just recorded this whole motherfucking thing, and then I looked down and I didn't hit the record button. Uh, fuck me. How are you guys doing, man? Uh, this is uh, a podcast, and I used to number them. I don't anymore because I have no idea what we're on. Um, and it's about a couple different things. I, I've i been uh, kind of tossing ideas around for podcasts, and I don't want to do two or three. I'd rather just one and put everything on here uh but if you subscribe thank you and if you don't think about subscribing and if you haven't checked out my last set i called it an album i like that name because it is all new mixes um it's called unfuckwithable what is it called (laughs) unfuckwithable i don't know what it's called Mm -hmm. scroll back and uh you'll check it out and there's another podcast with it that talks about why i picked those songs and actually it's uh one of the best sets mixes I think that I've ever done, um, because of the layers. Like it took about a year to make. Like I've sa- I sampled so many things in that. I mean, you can hear uh, I, I, I sampled Toto's Africa in it and um, Cafe Del Mar. There's a lot of samples in it, and I think every time you hear it, you might hear something different. So check that out. And man, if you don't, if you get a chance on your first listen, try to listen to it on a really good pair of headsets or headphones alone because it really is good. And you guys are into music like um, I did a mix of Sexual by Amber that I, it's, so, it's so good. Uh, check it out. And uh, this podcast. So how are you guys doing, man? Um, I just got back from a 30-day Contract. I was travel nursing. I do crisis nursing for ICU, COVID nursing. And uh, I have decided I will never work in a ICU again. And the first part of this podcast is about I want to talk about uh, why there really is a nursing shortage. And it's funny because no one talks about it. And it's because of toxic women. And you might agree with me or disagree with me. That's cool. Some of you guys who follow my show on YouTube or listen to podcasts are women. And some of you guys I work with and are friends with and you've agreed with me and you've left the ICU for this reason. Now, don't get me wrong. There are ICUs out there that work like a machine. And I've had the pleasure of working in some of them sometimes where everyone gets along and everybody's got each other's back. But what's happening is there's so many places that the nurses have left. That the ones that stay are the toxic fucking cunts. They're usually obese and I call them gargoyles because they've been there 10, 20, 30 years and they're just nasty. And I've, if you haven't met me, you could probably figure it out. Like, I don't get along with th- these people at all. And I have ways of probably pushing their buttons that uh, others don't. And I guess this last thing I, or this last contract I was on, I, I pushed some buttons. And if you follow me on Facebook, you probably saw what I did. Um, They were bringing cookies in and Dunkin' Donuts every morning. And I just kind of said, I'm like, come on, guys. Like, the struggle is real for some of us. Like, I have a sweet tooth, but I luckily never touched anything. But one morning, I took their Dunkin' Donut box and I filled it full of steamed uh, green beans with sea salt. It did not go over well. They sent me to HR. And HR is like, you know, did you call them fat? I'm like, what? Like, they took it to a whole nother level. I'm like, I never called anybody fat. And they're like, well, did you insinuate? And I'm like, I know. I don't think putting green beans into a Dunkin' Donut box insinuates someone's fat. I'm just saying, maybe you should make better choices. It was ridiculous, you know? And another thing that happens a lot with uh, this is hard to talk about because I know if I say the wrong thing or I'm going to sound like an ass which I really don't care but if you're a good looking guy and you walk into a new ICU some of these chicks will not stop like do you have a girlfriend are you married are you on Facebook do you have kids and it's just like your first day and it's just like oh my god like you want to say get the fuck away from me and I've learned to, uh, tone it down a bit and I just kind of treat it like a mosquito in my ear. So this last contract, lo and behold, first day, right? And she was a charge nurse. She was just like, you know, putting your boobs on my shoulder when I was sitting at the chair. Like it was so obvious and I just kept ignoring her, and ignoring her. And then one day we're at the counter and I was doing something and she said, are you light in your loafers bill? I didn't even know what that comment meant. I had to Google it. Um, Then I guess it means, are you gay? And it kind of went downhill after that. And then um, there was another day where I was at the front desk. And there was a scenario that was going on. And my patient was going to crash. And I was talking to myself. And I said, fuck me in the ass. And she just took it and ran with it. And this woman came for me. Like, she accused me of being drunk at work, and they pulled me downstairs. If you, if you know me, I haven't had a drink in 17 years. Like, I don't even drink. And they did a blood alcohol level test on me. Like, it's total harassment. And you're probably saying what everybody's saying right now. Like, sue her and go to court. Like, you guys, I don't even want the drama of going into court or suing anybody. I just want away from her. Um, they're just miserable. But what I wanted to wrap up with that is, like, that's why there's a nursing shortage. Because there is these toxic motherfucking women who are embedded into these ICUs and they mostly gravitate towards ICU because it's control, you know, and they can control people's lives. And what I learned was uh, one of my patients coded last week. If you don't know what a code is, it's when their heart stops. So someone's a DNR, do not resuscitate, or someone is a full code, right? So my patient was a full code. He's like seven years old. We had a family meeting with the family the day before about changing his code status, but the wife wasn't ready. It's a difficult choice. And unfortunately, he coded when he was a full code. Now, remind you, when you've been a nurse for a long time, you can kind of pick up on signs that they're going to code. So my patient had not coded yet. So I peeked my head out the door and I said calmly, can someone please bring the crash cart? You would have thought we were filming the season finale of Grey's Anatomy. Like, these three women ran in, ripped his uh, top open, put the pads on, and like are yelling and screaming and delegating. And I'm like, just stop. I go, just stop. He's not coding yet. Calm the fuck down. And they just looked at me like, and I guess I pissed people off. And then I looked through the window. And the doctor was calling the wife. And the doctor and I had a family meeting with the uh, the day before, as I told you. So he was calling the wife to try to get the code status switched. So I was just waiting for the doctor to say, don't code him. And they didn't even have... They didn't even ask me what was going on. Well, unfortunately, he coded. And so one of the girls starts doing chest compressions. And, you know, there's a th- this guy was eight years old. And the thing is, like, you got to realize... When you're doing chest compressions on someone that old, you can break ribs, break their sternum, and it, you hear the sound. It's, it's gross. And it's also cruel. Like, you know, like, even if we save this guy, he's going to be, live through the day. What's the point of pounding on his chest and breaking his bones? But she was doing it. So when you do CPR, you go in teams, or you go in, not teams, but you switch out. So like one person does a minute, and then the next person does a minute. So I was up next. So there's something, I forgot what we called it, but it's kind of like an unspoken thing where you just kind of go through the motions of a code. So I would put my hands on his chest and do very, very light compressions, right? And I just looked at her with, you know, I had a mask on, so I just glared at her like, you fucking dumb cunt. Like, this is how you do it. You don't need to break his ribs. Anyhow, fast forward, next day, HR calls me in and says, we have some concerns. I'm like, what's that? Well, some nurses think you're lazy and that you're not you don't care, And I was like, really? I'm like, can you give me some examples?" And of course, they can't tell you who or whatever, but I figured out was it was during the code. like she didn't like that I wasn't at her level of drama because I was just standing there calm, she, you know, called me all these names, and I left thinking what? Like if anything, I'm the most compassionate one in the room because I was the one who, you know, didn't want to break his bones. And so I have a life coach. Her name's Meredith. She's awesome. I'll put the link below for some of her videos on YouTube. So I called her and we made an appointment and I told her what happened. And she's like, it's projection dude, like at its finest. And she's like, that's what these people do is they project how they are onto you. She was saying, I'm not caring. She was saying, I'm lazy and like when Meredith told me that, I realized I had the vision of the code in my mind. Because when it was going on, I stepped back and I watched these people and I'm like, you guys are all like actors. I felt like I was on a TV show. And that was the first time in my life during a code I felt. And it's probably like that. It's probably always been like that. But this was the first time I saw it. How many people are fake? You know, and it just really kind of blew my mind. And another thing she brought up to me is, like, there's a lot of sociopaths and psychopaths and narcissists in the world and mental illness. And the ICU attracts a lot of psycho and sociopaths who get off or get fuel on controlling people's lives. Not only their lives, like, dating-wise, but literally live or die. Like, I could kill somebody and, and if I wanted to in the ICU easily. And it would never be noticed, especially if they're a DNR. And I don't want to go down that rabbit hole, but it's an it's interesting topic to look on. Like there's been numerous nurses that have made patients code and then coded them and then you know, played the hero. It's just interesting because these women are so toxic. And as I said, if you're a hot guy, they will come for you. But no, it's even worse, if you're a hot girl, and you come out of school they will destroy them and they don't do it quickly it's very conniving it's very spread out over time um usually the girls leave um but these women will just take them down and i've heard this happen in other businesses but nurses are the worst that is why there's a nursing shortage so you know I have to laugh on the news when they say there's a nursing shortage and no one talks about it. That's why. No one wants to work with these women. Um, uh, It's just brutal. So, wrapping that up. Again, this was a couple topics, so I'm throwing them in. The next topic I want to talk about is ghosting um, and uh, silent treatment and how people treat you. And I guess I want to talk to the person who is hurting right now. Because... I've been through it. We've all been through it. It sucks when you like somebody and they ghost you. So I want you to look at it through a different way or if someone does this to you in the future, how to process it, you guys, thank them. I mean, don't thank them but be thankful that they showed you their true colors. We've all been there when we've been so into somebody and they tell us, I don't want a boyfriend, I don't want a girlfriend, I'm not ready for a relationship, you know, and one of my... I can't remember where I heard this, but it was funny because we, we tune that out. It's like watching a drug commercial on TV where they show you two minutes of this amazing person, like how happy they are. And then at the end of the disclaimers in 15 seconds that are really small, like someone ghosting you is like the disclaimer it's really small, but you see the big picture and you ignore the little small text. Isn't that funny? So the next time someone does that to you, um, Just be thankful that you saw very early on they have no respect for you. And uh, they let you know who they are. What I do now, and I've done it many times over the past year, um, and it it might not be somebody who I want to date, but it was somebody I was like, you know, hanging out with. But if you ghost me, I kind of give them a window and then I block them, you know. And the way I look at it is like you no longer have the privilege of being able to get in contact with me because you abused it and there's been times where they've hooked they've hit me up on Facebook or another way they're like hey what I I tried and I'm like really like I pretty much ghost them back I don't give them an explanation because I don't owe them one they know what they did and I'm a better person than that and I deserve better and I tell you guys when you start doing that you'll start getting your mojo back because this can really beat you down and It makes you second guess yourself. It makes you question everything. And there's something wrong with you. And, you know, moving into this next subject I want to talk about is like love and dating. And like, I used to have this idea in my mind that love was like a Hollywood movie and it was something out there and you meet this person and you're, you spend forever with them and I'm realizing that doesn't exist, you know, and you can disagree with me. I would love to hear your, your view on this. Um, But I see it now as like, you know, if you meet somebody, you guys are on the same page for a little bit, but it's inevitable you move, you know, and I think there is possibility you can grow together. You know, it's a lot of work and it's communication, but we all change and we all grow. And what happens in these relationships is you grow apart. And the way that I look at it now, so I I have a boyfriend and, uh, I don't use the word love yet because I've learned that love and infatuation is two different things, you know, and, but what, the way, way I look at my relationship right now is I don't look at it as like, oh, this is the one and I want to spend the rest of my life with them. I look at it as a 60 day lease and, uh, you might totally disagree with me, but it helps me and I'm like in 60 days, I'll decide if I want to resign a new lease or if I want to Get a new car, you know, like at leasing a car. Like, I don't look at it anymore as this long-term move-in house with dogs and fence like I used to because I don't think that exists anymore. Um, I just don't. I think the world's moving too fast. I think the world's changed. I know so many couples that are miserable, and I went through this. If you don't know my story, uh, scroll back. There's a podcast called Numb... And a narcissistic abuse story there's a music version but then also too there's a talk version about what i went through a year ago and um basically i was in love with this guy and it didn't turn out well and it took me over a year to kind of get my shit together and kind of see things differently and also too like i had to, to grow up like I can't believe I'm 53, but I'm 53 years old. And like, I had the mind of a 17 year old girl. Like I wasn't thinking, you know, I was so infatuated with him. And at the time I thought it was love because when you're emotional, you know, but he was so sexy and just like, you know, I just was so into him. And what's amazing though, is like how one day you can think someone is like sexy and incredible and then then they're the ugliest person on the earth, you know, because of how they treated you for so long. So one, if someone does do that to you, they ghost you. um, Or the silent treatment, which is even worse. I know it's hard, but step back and just say, okay, thanks. Thanks for showing me who you really are early on. You saved me a lot of heartache. You know, if I would have done that way in the beginning of this last one, I would have been a much better place. So I'd rather have you do it now than learn the lessons that I did because they're very painful. And, you know, what I'm learning, there's a lot of sociopaths and psychopaths and narcissists in the world. And I'm kind of, i how do I say this? I'm kind of, I don't want to say giving up hope, but like I just don't like a lot of people. And it just seems like a lot of people aren't, All they're there is for themselves. And I'm just not like that. And I think that's why I don't fit in to a lot of places because I'm that kid who wears his heart on his sleeve and I have to learn to pull back. And I can't do that anymore because people will take it and they'll run and they'll leave you for dead. And if you're like that, which I know a lot of my listeners are, you can't be like that guys anymore. Um, And I know people are like, oh, just stay true to yourself and... No, no, I, you got to protect yourself and, um, or people will keep doing it to you over and over and over and over again until one day you can't get back up, you know? So don't let anybody do that to you. And wrapping this up, let's talk about love, right? Like we all have in our, our, our ideas in our head what love is. And, um, if you haven't listened to the podcast vibrations, please do, because it's everything and love to me now is a positive vibration and what I've learned is you can get it through pretty much anything you want and I get it through my dogs you know this morning I was uh laying in bed and one of my puppies was laying next to my head snoring and I put my mouth in his ear and I said I love you and he purred and his tail shook and then and I did it again. I'm like, I love you, and he did it again. Like, I was giving him positive vibrations, and he was giving them back. That's love. You know, love is not a fucking hot guy with a huge uncut cock putting in your ass, right? That's infatuation. So, once I separated those, I'm much happier. Uh I hope this helped you. The scatterbrain podcast. It was a lot but I want to get these messages out and uh, I'd love to know what your opinion is. Um, the website's up. It's uh Bennett B E N N E T T N O W B E N N E T T N O W.com. You can shoot me an email from there or off Facebook and direct message me. Let me know what you think. Um, if I tapped in anything that, uh, you agree with or disagree with. Um, and as far as COVID goes, guys, if you don't know, I'm kind of a front line. So I know what I'm talking about. It's not over. And, uh, this last round, it was kind of scary putting 25, 30 year olds in body bags. And, um, I wasn't sure about the vaccine in the beginning, but I, from seeing what I have, where I've been and what I've done, like if you're not vaccinated guys, get vaccinated because, you know, you have two choices. Like I didn't want to get vaccinated. I don't think there's been enough research. Um, But you only have two choices here. You know, you can take it and take it with the risks or you don't take it. And this fucker is going to mutate. It's going to get stronger. And it's killing people, guys. It's killing people in their 20s and 30s and 40s. And they're healthy people. And I've seen it with my own eyes. So I'm all for vaccinations. Um, Wrapping that joyous topic up. How can I close this being positive? Uh, My next project music wise is uh something i've been trying to do for a while and originally it was going to be like my top 10 songs ever like remix my favorite top 10 and when i put it all together like it's just too hard because there's songs from different eras and the quality of the the sound quality it just it's it's a nightmare so i kind of uh played around with it and what it's going to be is like the songs that kind of really uh, made me want to be a DJ and remix. And I want to do another separate podcast of like when I first heard these songs and what happened and why, like an example is one of the songs is insomnia by faithless. And I remember specifically being outside the club in Detroit, backstreet was pretty young. Um, You know, we just did two, three lines in the car and we're probably a shot of, vodka or something, and you're just right in that zone. By the way, I don't do drugs anymore, guys, but I was pretty young then. You know, and you're outside the club, you're like, oh my god, give me the dance floor, give me the dance floor. And the cement walls of the club were like, you know, that beat. And then I remember the synth line dropped of Insomnia. If you don't know what I'm talking about, Google the song, but when that came on, I remember being like, oh my god, like... It was one of those songs that just grabbed me by the neck. And, and those are the kind of songs I want to put together on there. There's another example. Uh, David Knapp was DJing at Motorball. And he played uh, the Tamperers Feel It with Hool's Meter at the Love Parade. I'm sure the drugs had a lot to do with it. But like, it was, there were those moments where I was like... It was just an epic moment for myself. Like, I remember being so euphoric and thinking, like, this, this song is insane. And that's what I want to do. So I'm working on putting that together, which is going to be kind of a nightmare. But that's what I do to myself. It's a challenge. So stay safe, guys. I'd love to know what your opinions are. And uh, talk to you later. Bye.